What's going on, guys? William here. You're listening to the William Knows Nothing Show. The place where you will listen to me act a fool with my pants on the ground. <laughs> what the fuck? Um, hi. I have a really long conversation with Sam here. She's a, she's a long-time friend. Long-term friend? Long-time friend she's been a friend of mine for for a while for a long time <laughs> uh, i would say about 10 years if i'm not mistaken i have to go back to facebook to remind me her name is actually hard to pronounce i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie to you i, I in the podcast i was like fucking i wasn't trying to be rude but i was like yeah i'm not gonna even try to pronounce it because she pronounced it it was something like selvetka straskaya or something i don't know i'm not even gonna try my bad i did try but I feel like I just ruined it. <laughs> but without further ado, I welcome my guest, Sam. I'm not going to try to say your last name, honestly, because it's just... It's it's Russian, right? If I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's 100% Russian, and Sam is also a name that I go by, but my real name is Svetlana, and I didn't think you were gonna try to pronounce that either. I'm sorry, but I'm yeah, I'm definitely not gonna do that. It's okay. Um, uh, but yeah. So, for what I understand, you're a teacher, right? You're for what grade? Preschool. Preschool, cool. Uh, you have a degree in. Well, right now I'm obtaining my degree in uh, childhood education as well as uh, psychology. Okay, nice. And I'm going to be pursuing my PhD to be a counseling therapist. Okay, and you and I know you're you're also a really awesome mother, um, and I think that's all I know about you. I, I don't, I'm not a stalker. I'm not a good stalker. So. <laughs> no, that's okay. Is there such a thing as a good stalker? I don't know. Yeah, I, I think there is. There's creepy people out there. Um, oh well. Wow. <laughs> uh. What else? Also, you you do other things, don't you? Or is that it? Is that is well? That I also published a book. Yeah, there you go. That's the, that's the thing we should talk about too, and, and later on in this episode, you can talk about your book. So I'm a published writer. Uh, nice. That's awesome. I congratulate you again. We already Thank said you. that, but again, might as well say it. Uh, I want to write a book myself, but I I know it takes a lot of work to do that. So I, whenever I'm ready to do that, I'm getting into that. Um, so yeah, we were just talking about some, what were we, t- we were just talking about? We um, were talking about like how we, we wanted to have a voice. And a lot of times we offer people life advice without even realizing that we're making such a powerful impact. Right. 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 And like for me personally, I, I do my best not to be, uh, biased with this advice or hold it, uh, dear to my life. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, I try not to hold it personal whenever I share advice and, uh, I, I just throw it out there. Hey, whatever. If you want to take from it, you take it. If you don't like it, whatever. If it works for you, awesome. If it doesn't, cool. And uh, I just, I've been, I don't know if you noticed, but for me, I've been doing a lot of uh, philosophical posts recently on my Instagram. I've been trying to share ideas and concepts that I've uh, somewhat thought of myself. I tweaked other ideas and made it my own, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also sharing the posts of others because I think philosophy holds it has a lot of value to it and i feel like it's underappreciated uh i don't know if you agree with me 
I no, like- absolutely. I, uh, I actually, so I had actually taken philosophy class when I went to CCP right. for um, a couple of semesters. And it's really interesting because philosophy class is very different than actual life philosophy. You know, the class that I had, it was very structured and it had certain virtues that um, you follow being, you know, a philosophy major and such, which is really different because it's like, you know how they say like, um, silence is a virtue, mm-hmm. you know, um, kindness is a virtue. These are certain things, but they're, they're extremes. Right. It's extremely different when you think of the perspective of like, what makes somebody a virtuous person. So real fast, uh, I'm pretty sure you could define this definition better than, than I can, because I suck at defining things, but what is a virtuous person? So it's kind of like, from my understanding in the class, a virtuous person is somebody who doesn't have a hidden agenda and all their motives are guided by, you know, just the motivation of being a good person. However, there's a lot of different rules in philosophy, which again, it's very, very different. I don't know if you've ever taken philosophy class, but the way it's structured, it's like the like, okay, so I'll give you a scenario, for instance, like say you have 20 people on a bus, right? Mm -hmm. They would ask you a question like, should the bus driver kill himself if it means that he'll save 20 people? Now, in that sense, when you really think about it, that one life is worth the sacrifice of 20, right? Right. So then that's, that's the way that they define like the, the, the better good or the, the life of a virtuous person. When you're willing to sacrifice yourself, when the majority of the people benefit more than the one person who's sacrificing himself, right? Yeah, so that hurts. So think about how you can apply that concept to society. Right. Yeah, I, I heard I heard similar things on this podcast that I listened to. It's called Philosophize This by Stephen West. I don't know if you listened to it before. I did recommend it before. Uh, it's a really amazing podcast for you to check out if you're interested in it. But he did. Uh, he bring, uh, Is this called like an analogy when you or a metaphor? Because I always confuse those two. It's basically, anyway, whether, whatever the fuck they are. It's both, either or. <laughs> So he shared this analogy that, okay, this man is, uh, the, the, he's running on, he's controlling the train, whatever. What do you, what do you call those motherfuckers? Conductors. conductors. The conductor. Wow. The conductor of the train. Yeah. This is why William knows nothing people. Um, the conductor of the train, he's operating it. He sees a fat man on the tracks. Okay. He can continue to, uh, he can stop, save his life or derail and kill everyone on board. So he has a decision to kill, take one life or save everybody on board. Okay. So then obviously, you know, you would save the more lives, the more, like the more people, it's the same concept you were just saying. I'm just bringing yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But this is, this is again, the thing about philosophy and psychology and all these other things. Like you can like, from my personal opinion, I feel like these matter mannerisms are extremely subjective and you can't sit there and tell somebody, this is the entire way that you should live your life. Right. Because everybody lives a different life. Their, their life choices are a basis of their life experiences. People don't know, you know what I mean? What you had to overcome to get to the point where you're at to be able to go from like survival mode to happiness mode or whatever else. So how can you tell somebody that what worked for you will work for them? You can't, right? Because mm-hmm. it doesn't work. You don't have the same information. You don't have the same driving forces. You don't have the same like, you know, contributing factors. There's so many variables that people want to go, that's wrong. Don't do that. Well, who the <laughs> fuck are you? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. like I always, I constantly like think about like people I've been friends with that I'm no longer friends with in my life that felt like they, they got a say in what I should do with my life. Right. Cause it's like, it's like, it's like, you know, like that saying, you know, opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got one. 
and they mostly stink, right? Like, but what gives somebody the, the balls to be able to tell you, hey, that's wrong? Yeah, everyone has an opinion, um, right? Like people just want to say things because uh, it's easy for us to just judge the person and, hey, look, this I have a suggestion. You do this you know, because people, I don't know, people just like to do that shit, I think. It's just a human nature for us to want to say things about others. I've, I've actually experienced this recently where, uh, you know, people have opinions on me and it's just like I like my philosophy with that is, hey, to each their own, man. You like I I take every advice with a grain of salt. I'll take it, but I'm not going to, don't get mad at me if I don't apply it to my life because it doesn't matter to me if it, if it doesn't work for me. So it's the same thing when I give advice, you know, I don't want to be attached to that advice. I just want to give it. If it works for other people, awesome. It works for me, motherfuckers. I meditate. I love meditation. It works for me. Okay. There's science on it. Whatever you want to say. I don't give a fuck. It just works for me. I don't care if it's a placebo effect, if it's bullshit, it, it still works for me in my life. It may, it helps me do what I got to do to live the best life that I can live. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, so I think that any kind of advice you give to another person, even like if it, even if it's coming from a place of love, it's ultimately like a like a Monet painting in a, in a museum. Like when you're looking at anything, you're gonna take away from it your own interpretation, right? right. Sometimes people want to blame you because their life doesn't work out, and then they they need to not take accountability. And that's the word, right? Accountability. That counts for everything. It's like, I'm not happy. So I'm going to blame somebody else because I'm choosing not to be accountable. I can't change myself. So I'm telling you to change you. Right. And that's what happens. Like I've had people like, even when I give advice to other people, it's always on a basis of like, love yourself. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, everything comes back down to one simple concept. Love yourself. If you love yourself, you're not going to let people treat you like shit. If you love yourself, you're going to give a shit about your life. You're going to give a shit about the choices you make. You're going to give a shit because for you to, to be able to give a shit, you have to love yourself. Right. And if you love yourself, you're not going to be miserable. And if you're not going to be miserable, it's because you love yourself. Like these are all correlated thoughts and ideas because they, they hold truth. You right. know what I mean? Can you uh, go into loving yourself a little bit more? Because I, I feel like loving yourself, all these, you know, there's a lot of things out there, like these cliches. I think that it's called a cliche where you hear yeah, it constantly and it's like, love yourself. And then people are like, what? Fuck you. What do you mean love yourself? I do love myself. But do you really love yourself? You know what I mean? Would you be able to go into like a little bit more detail? What do you mean by loving yourself for people? Yeah, that so like, I'll give you that. an example. So when I was... For me to be able to tell you what it means to love yourself, I'm going to tell you what it means not to love yourself. Because I feel like that's the best way for me to collaborate. That works. When I didn't love myself, I allowed people to disrespect my boundaries. Yeah. I didn't enforce my boundaries. The things that I wanted, I would suppress in order to please other people. That's Word. because I didn't love myself. Right. I would allow people to walk all over me. And I would allow people to bend me and mold me and try to fix me. Because... I was too big of a coward to tell people no. Right. Because I didn't love myself. I allowed people to emotionally abuse me, physically abuse me, all these other fucking things that I would have never allowed to happen when I wasn't coming from a place of self-hatred. Right? So when I learned to love myself, these kinds of behaviors were, not, were no longer allowed. These people were toxic. They were no longer allowed to be near me. So if you love yourself, you're not going to let people be toxic to you. Then you're not going to let people diminish your self-worth or growth. You're not going to let people use you as a punching bag for their lack of self-love. 
because that's ultimately what happens. It's projection, right? right? People that don't love themselves, they project that shit onto other people. Because misery loves company, and there's truth to that. You know what I mean? When I didn't love and respect myself, I would do whatever I could to make everybody else happy around me, where my happiness was put on the back burner because they made me feel like I didn't deserve to be happy. Right. Right. And again, this is just a product of a toxic society and a toxic system of people that make you think that you don't deserve basic human decency. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? It's like, we're all people. We're all human beings. Just being born means I have a pursuit of happiness. I have the right to be happy. I have the right to be healthy. I have a right to an education. I have a right for anything I want. And that doesn't mean anybody in my life cannot take those things away from me because they did not give them to me. But somehow people like narcissists feel like they're Mm -hmm. superior to you. They feel like they can put you down. They can do whatever they want with you and you're just going to take it. You have people that have a bunch of different, you know, dysfunctional disorders and they don't want to heal. They don't want to go to therapy. So they use people as pawns to their own pain. Right. So I didn't know self-love. So I was a pawn. Now I do. I'm no longer a pawn. Now I'm in control. And that's ultimately what it is. When you love and respect yourself, you, you know the higher truth. You know that these people are just mere projections, right? So whatever you're surrounding yourself with, they're going to be a mere projection of how you feel about yourself. I'm single and I am not in any relationship because I've yet to meet a man that is a reflection of me, right? When I was with somebody who made me feel like I didn't love and respect myself, I knew I was with the wrong person. The right person is not going to diminish my self-worth or self-love or self-respect. And that's what I think self-love means. Right. Amen. Well, that's it. End of the podcast. Uh, uh, thank you for being on the show. I'm just kidding. I don't know. Oh. That was just, I was uh, like, okay. <laughs> like, no, no, no. no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just, it was a lot of information passed on. I was just like, oh, not touching anything else. We can stop. Uh, yeah. Because uh, that's it. Everyone that someone can take that large nugget that you gave. And if you are one person that is dealing with this, you know, uh, what do you call it? The situation where you're not loving yourself, you know, it just takes time. Just have patience. Uh, I don't know what your, what your tips are, but I would write shit down. Everything that I'm doing that I'm fucking myself over with. Like I was a doormat. I was a doormat myself. You know, I used to care about what other people thought of me. I was extremely insecure in my life. Um, I would always uh, shut myself down whenever I felt like other people, just because they're older than me, I felt like I had to shut myself down because I like, who am I? Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm at my age. So if I'm 20 years old and I know what I know, whatever, and this person is 25, I would shut myself down because they, they're older than me just because of that. It was just stupid shit that I would do. Well, let me, let me remind you, stupid people get old too. <laughs> That's true. Um, but again, I just had a shit ton of whatever baggage from my childhood that I carried, of course, that I carried with me that really fucked up my uh, whatever, my psyche, my psychology, whatever, my brain that I had to really focus on so that I can break those fucking habits so that I can really, really learn to value myself slash love myself and you know what i mean the same shit you were doing pretty much no absolutely and you know what like i feel like a lot of my the like the same shit that you went through and uh, the same experiences you've had they also stream from childhood and a lot of times they they do because 
I feel like when you're an empathetic person and you're caring and thoughtful and you have a big heart and you do not have a need or desire to like take the shit that you've been handed and like be angry and want to lash out at people, but rather you internalize it in a way that makes you feel like you're the problem. Like right. our, our survival is so much more different than somebody that, that, that treats the world and the people in it as if like the world owes them something because right. those are the type of people that actually like, when I was younger, I would be like, Oh my God, I can never get angry. I just get sad. I cry and I get sad. And then like, everything sucks but like i wish i could get angry like some other people and then like now like adulthood i'm like oh what the fuck like i'm angry all the time right even right. though like i'm a happy person i get really like triggered you know what i mean and it's still something i'm working through but i think it's because people like us have the the capacity to change we have the capacity to have that self-awareness that we internalize as children to be able to understand that what we went through was not normal and now as adults, we're able to kind of just be able to fix those things. People that turn into like assholes, you know what I mean? In early age, they can't because they've already accepted that they're not the problem. Right. right, right. So if you accept you're not the problem, you're never going to be able to fix it. So, if you understand that. No, go ahead. Continue. So basically what I'm saying is, is that like, some people get to the point where they never think that they do anything wrong and it's everybody else around them to the point where like, it's almost impossible to rewire that kind of thinking. They mm -hmm. are stuck like that. People like me and you that always felt like we were the problem are now to the point where we're rewiring our brains to understand it wasn't us. We can change. Do you think that they could change as well even though I, I know you just said that they it's hard it's going to be since they're already wired that way do you think that if they were something happened for them like something tragic right and they 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 got they, they met rock bottom or something something that really showed them like let's say almost losing their life you think that is something that can help them change their perspective on life and actually learn to rewire their brain or you think that i'm gonna i'm gonna be honest i don't think it's possible only because like take a narcissist for example do you think narcissists are capable of love or do you think they just change victims i honestly that sorry go ahead yeah no, no no go ahead no i was gonna say i don't know shit about narcissism as far as like how how like the psychology of it because i i've noticed for me in my opinion just based on my my uh analysis i can't even say it analyzation <laughs> um i look i'm on social media and i notice that there's a lot i feel like social media is breeding or developing narcissism if that makes sense i feel like people are doing things they're not aware of that they're becoming narcissists themselves but i don't know i don't that's why i don't know shit about narcissism so like for the first time i feel like i'm gonna disagree with you that's fine because and this is and this is why I'm going to explain it to you. Okay. Think about like the 15th centuries, right? Like people talk nowadays, like we're obsessed with like selfies. We're obsessed with taking our pictures. And yes, to some degree, that's a little narcissistic, a little bit, right? <laughs> but think about the people that sat in chairs for like, I don't know, 24 hours to get their painting, like painted to hang up in their fucking house. Yeah. Like Queen Mary fucking Elizabeth with the fucking shit around her neck, sitting there for like 24 hours, not blinking. Like those people were fucking narcissistic, yeah. right? It's not that like social media is exploiting people. It's just bringing to light what's always been there. Mm. 
Mm. However, I think that social media, again, is a platform for self-expression, if you will, or motivation or inspiration, depending on how you use it, right? It's the same thing with Spider-Man. It's, it's not about the power. It's, it's with great power comes responsibility, and it's what you do to utilize it. You can use social media as a gateway to help people. You can use it as a way to bitch about your life. You can use it as a way to put people down or share negative nudes. It's all dependent on you. It's a tool. It's not anything other than a tool. Right. So what do you, all right, again, I, I hold no judgment on people that do what they do on social media. I was, I was one, I was, I did the same shit. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm not, I'm guilty of posting selfies of my body. <laughs> it's like posting selfies, like just so I can show that I have abs and all that shit. Like I, I was young and I was trying to, you know, trying to get laid, whatever. But no, no, I know. But now I don't do that shit because it's just like, I, besides the fact that I'm married and all that, but I don't do that anymore because it, before that, because I was like, uh, let me not do this shit, these things that I'm doing. Cause it's like, why am I doing this? I, I want to understand why am I, what is the purpose of me doing this? I like to find purpose in everything that I do now. Uh, so anything that I post, I need to understand why I'm doing it. If I'm taking a picture of food or doing what I see other people are doing, why am I posting this picture of food? Am I doing it because I'm just trying to copy or am I doing it because I I'm convincing myself that I want other people to see that, hey, look, I cooked this delicious meal. I want you guys to try it, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? There's so many different reasons, whatever. The reason is my own, and I just want to make sure I hold myself accountable for everything that I post. You know what I mean? I don't want to blindly post things not being aware of what I do. Again, I hope I hope no judgment on other people, but I notice there's, I don't want to say names, but there's people that, I, there's one person particularly that I love so much that, I'm just like, ah, I don't, I don't, I, I try not, I, I try not to judge, but you are, you know, as a human being, you judge, but, uh, this person poses, poses selfies of themselves and that's all you see is selfies, 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 like, holy shit, dude. Like, can you post something else? Can you post a picture of a fruit or something, something different, please? And it just drives me nuts. And is I have to like avoid seeing that because I'm constantly seeing the, I consider it narcissism. Uh, and whether, I don't know, maybe it's not narcissism, narcissism, but I just feel like if you love yourself that much that you want to keep posting yourself in different poses and that's all I see is just you, your face in different poses. Uh, it's just like, holy shit, where is this world coming to, man? It's like, why do you need to keep doing that? Um, I understand one picture every now and then, whatever you want to show yourself off. That's fine. Self-expression. I want to make sure we're still recording. Okay. Self-expression and all that, but it gets to a point where it get it, you know what I mean. It gets like it's consistent and it starts to it starts to make me worry about you as a person when you when all I see you doing is taking pictures of yourself even in person. <laughs> you know what I mean? Does that make sense? No, when absolutely. It, like in social so gatherings, is, the person so is there. Now go so ahead. Is, what I was gonna say to you is that like okay, when we look at something like Facebook, right? This is the way that we're now perceiving our population. This is the way we're now perceiving society. This is whatever, one, two, whatever point billion people that are logged in, sharing their thoughts, their feelings, whatever the fuck Facebook is asking what's on your mind. Now, there's a mass majority of people that share multiple things. For me, yes, I pull selfies, but I also post memes. I post inspirational things. I post things I'm experiencing. I post things that I think are awesome or interesting because ultimately that's a, that's a reflection of who I am. You know what I mean? These are all things that I am. There's some people 
that they are only selfies. There are people that are only inspirational quotes. You're going to have a bunch of different kinds of people on this platform. And it's not necessarily to say that there's anything wrong with that. It's just that you happen to have more layers than other people. So right. you're going to expect, you're going to expect you from other people. And that's not always going to be the case. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily say, I wouldn't necessarily say it's narcissism because a lot of times when we think of narcissism, we think it's just linked with, you know, our own self image and our self ego. Cause I, I think the way you're, you're, um, you're describing narcissism with, it's almost like egocentrism, which I think it's, it's a little different. When I think of narcissism, it's, I feel like narcissism is a product of abuse. Narcissists abuse. You know what I mean? Like they, they have victims. They hurt other people. Okay. They, they use their own insecurities as a way to emotionally abuse or physically abuse or whatever else. Like I know this because I dated a narcissist, but ultimately I think it's just the way you interpret. Like I, I see people that do things that are extremely questionable to me on social media all the time. Like I see people complain about being single and then they're posting all these horrible things that they're doing. And then they're, po they're bitching about being single. You know what I mean? And then I have ones that, you know, will break up and make up with their boyfriend, talk shit on their boyfriend and five minutes later they're back together and they post their personal business on social media, have a bunch of people comment on their relationship and then they back, like, they get back together and they both look like clowns. Why do people do that shit, you think? Yeah, because they have issues of <laughs> not, not being aware of what they're doing with themselves. They're making themselves look like fools pretty much. You know I mean? Now, how many people have you scrolled through Facebook and you go, this person needs a therapist, this person needs a therapist, this person needs a hobby, this person needs to get laid. I wish this person would shut the fuck up. What is this bitch even talking about? You know what I mean? But unfortunately, there's going to be a lot of people that you come across that have absolutely no self-awareness. Yeah. And they don't care to know deeper things. Not everybody is going to think like us. Right. And that's what we have to realize. You know, there's a lot of different crayons in this box and they're all not going to color the same way. Oh, I agree. I agree. Um, I wanted to ask you because, uh, again, I'm not, I, I just want to understand narcissism uh, before we uh, continue on. But what is your meaning of narcissism? Because, again, I just, I depend on definitions, dictionary.com, whatever. It says a person, a narcissist is a person who has an excessive interest in or admiration of themselves. And that's essentially what people that take multiple selfies that's for me that's what i understand it as but what is your definition of narcissism or why is it that so okay one yeah. i would i would i would see where you're getting your definition from because for my psychology major uh, i i was using um the ds5 which is where you get all the diagnoses of all disorders mm -hmm. and that will tell you that narcissism is somebody who, who is delusional their, their sense of worth is delusionalized, right? So their sense of worth is not what it is. They blame everybody for everything else. They never take accountability and they, uh, they hurt other people in a sense of making themselves feel better. So it's projection. That's not, okay. Uh, again, this is, this is a big part of my show, but that I know nothing. But is that, because it, it reminds me of, uh, what's the other word? Um, a sociopath is that what that is like is that because that's what i think about when you say that this person like people are out there like i, I don't want to it's it's very similar it's very similar yeah because I, I get i get these things the, confused yeah 
So what you're looking for is lack of empathy. Yes, absolutely. I know a few people who, who are sociopathic, a few family members of mine. Yeah, yeah, like- yeah, yeah. So it all trades like back to like lack of empathy when they're unable to place themselves in another person's perspective or they're unable to, you know, identify to an emo- another person's emotions. Hmm. They're very cold and they're they're basically like dead inside. Right. Or they pretend, but they pretend. They're very charming. Oh. They're very charismatic. Yeah. To everybody else, they, they look like they're charming, very, very super nice person, but it's all an act. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> it's just funny to watch. Again, I'm into psychology for that, for the most part, uh, because I, I, I watch people. I like to, I like to watch people. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, when I, when I first became an actor, I wanted to, I had to learn how to watch people, blah, blah. As soon as I learned about that, I was like, oh, that's how they act. That's how people learn how to act is just watching people. So I started to become obsessed with looking at people to see what they do. <laughs> and I watched my own family. I watched anything. Anybody I'm watch, I'm watching people just to see what they're doing and picking apart why they're doing their particular things, their little habits. Uh, I suck at watching myself, but I've been trying to do that too. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just interesting. Uh, the sociopathic thing and uh i'm still confused with the narcissism shit but i understand your definition but it's like the all these definitions confuse me like it's like whatever yeah um well like i said it's only because i know this definition from the guy that i dated and also because like the class that i just took because i just took class on mental disorders and that's the way they classified it yeah that's fine um what there was something that I wanted to ask you, and I forgot what it was. Uh, fuck it, I might as well ask you the question I ask everybody on this show, um, so we can get into that. What is your philosophy on life? Can you be more specific? Okay, so when I say what is your philosophy on life, it's pretty much what is the main thing that you, it drives you to the meaning of your life. You know what I mean? So, so look- I mean, I feel like I feel like um, I heard this quote once and I feel like it always stayed with me and I don't want to like copy it, but it's kind of like something that I live my life by. And yeah. it's kind of so the quote itself is option isn't a failure or failure isn't an option. Sorry, I had that backwards. Failure isn't isn't an option. Yeah. Yes, okay. failure is not an option. So oh, that's interesting. Um so how do you live by that? Like, what do you mean? Like, can you describe, like, what do you do? Give me an example of what you, what you have done recently that you're like, failure is not an option. You know, you stick with that. That's your, that's your philosophy. So I think that like, ever since I became a parent, I always look at my child kind of as like, my child deserves the very best version of me. And I'm not going to stop until that is what my son sees and is exhibiting so I can be a role model for him. And I can also be a role model for myself. So in that sense, like when my son was born, I didn't even have a high school diploma. I used to smoke cigarettes. I didn't have a job. I felt like a loser. Within that year, I signed up for Penn Foster. I did about a year of online classes until they told me it wasn't accredited and I was devastated and I could have given up, but I didn't. So when I went to CCP and they told me that they would not accept it and it wasn't like accredited, I did not give up. Two months later, I signed up for GD classes. Mm. I got my GD, got told that it is accredited and I could have easily went. However, even though I technically have a high school diploma and a GD, the life experiences that I obtained in that program, you know, I would never give back for anything. And that could have easily, you know, made somebody else become discouraged. But instead, I use that as a beacon of hope 
because the woman that I met there, her name was Lindsay. She was my teacher, made me want to become a teacher. And I feel like everything comes full circle in, in retrospect where we're always where we're supposed to be. We just don't know it yet. So after that, I signed up for classes at CCP. I started going to college. I got my first job. I started teaching. I, you know, finished. I transferred from CCP. I went to Temple. Now I'm getting my bachelor's. I quit smoking cigarettes. I published a book. I kept going and going and going and going. And everything that I was doing was always an inspiration for my son to watch. You know what I mean? And I kind of just contribute that to everything. The book that I wrote, it, it tells my son everything that I've been through in life and how I didn't give up. And it's because of him. So he's right. kind of been my motivation for everything through everything. That's he awesome. knows that for, for me, like even when I was in the pit of darkness, he was always my beacon of light. And I think that what other way can my son grow up knowing how loved he is? It's like, my, I love you that much. I wrote a fucking book about you. Hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like a lot of times we suppress so much of like the things that made us who we are because they're embarrassing and they're shameful and they're horrible experiences and they're traumatic and we just shut up about them and we only want to share our successes, but that's not real. That's not authentic. In the book that I wrote, I literally talk about every horrible thing that has happened to me and I'm okay and I'm not ashamed and I'm not embarrassed because I overcame it and it doesn't have any power over me anymore. So yeah, failure is not an option. I, I won't let it be because I'm stronger than my fears. I'm stronger than anything that could break me and things that have broken regular people, you know, won't, they're not any, like when people talk about the things that they've experienced, I'm like, okay, been there, done that, have the t-shirt. I'm still fucking strong. I'm to the point now where like, I take the most pride in my resiliency. You know what I mean? People that have not experienced life, they haven't experienced pain they have no idea how to bounce back. It's like the same thing as like getting a flu shot. You know what I mean? How are you going to fight off the flu if you've never had the flu? Mm -hmm. You need to like, you have to build up your antibodies to be able to fight back. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? When I was a kid, I didn't have that mindset. I didn't fight back. Right. Now that I do, I won't fail, you know? Right. It's a pretty strong mindset to have, uh, not giving up on your, uh, your failures or not looking at failure as an option. Um, there's a different perspective on that too. You know about that, right? The uh, there's a different philosophy on failure, as in fail, fail often, so that you can learn from the, that those failures. Um, I value that kind of philosophy as well. I I don't. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, yeah, everyone's different. I love that though. I mean, everyone has their own way of doing things, and you know, you wrote your book, so we could talk about that. Uh, what what is first of all, what's it called, and where can people check it out? if they wanted to, uh, you know, to purchase that book. So it's called My Emotional Compass because I feel like we're guided by our emotions. So like a lot of the times they try to navigate you, like your your internal feelings, your your instincts, your energy, whatever you want to call it. And a lot of times we ignore it because people tell us we're being emotional. Well, no shit, motherfucker. That's what I'm supposed to do. I'm a human being. I feel shit. Yeah. So let it guide you. You know what I mean? Yeah. People want to take away human experiences so bad. Like, oh, you're not allowed to be sad. You're not allowed to be angry. Oh, yeah. okay. So, so I'm just supposed to be happy all the fucking time. But look at the shit that's happening around me. I'm just going to ignore the fucking war over there. I'm going to ignore this dead body over here. I'm just going to ignore everything. Like being a part of the human experience is not numbing yourself to everything. It's being resilient. 
it's understanding that like, okay, like this shit sucks right now, but I'm, I'm aware that it sucks and that's okay. You know what I mean? And it's like, people never, ever want to talk about anything like bad. They don't want to. I'm sorry. They don't want to talk about bad things. Nobody ever wants to talk about things that aren't happy. Well, they're, you know what I mean? It's like, think about, sorry. No, no, continue. Go ahead. Think about what I was going to say, like, okay, think about like, you sit, you you sitting like uh, you walking down the street, for instance, right? And you've run into somebody that you haven't seen in a while, and they go, "Hey, man, what's up? How you been?" Do you really want to hear like a five like a five minute conversation of why their life is shitty, or do you want to hear I'm fine and keep it pushing? Yeah, I want to hear. What's the norm? Yeah, they, you you want to hear? You just want to keep pushing, keep ignore, like you don't care. Why? Yeah. Why? Why? Why is that the norm? Because a lot of people don't want to face issues. Like a lot of people don't want to face their own problems. A lot of people don't want to face other people's problems. Why? Um, um huh, that's interesting. Why? <laughs> um, I think people. It's difficult, first of all, to face our own emotions, uh, and other people on top of that. Uh, I know a lot of people. Like for me personally, I love. I value all my emotions. Uh, I cry when I cry. I cry for my wife. I don't care. Um, whenever I feel something out in, in the open, I feel what I feel. I don't care. People will say, hey, what's wrong? You okay? I look, I'm just feeling like shit. I'm de- I'll deal with it, though. It's my own problem. I'll deal with it. And if they want to have a discussion about it, we can talk about it. I'm open and honest about my shit because I'm vulnerable now. Because I, li- I like to be vulnerable because I feel comfortable doing that. But that... That right there is the key word right there, vulnerability. A lot of people don't want to be vulnerable. And uh, I just think that people don't, when they look at other another person sharing their their, neg- their negative mindset or whatever, they're feeling negative. They're like, oh, no, no, keep that shit away from me. There's people that push them away too. That's My brain is like going crazy right now. Um, that's just, a, that's an, I don't know, that's a really interesting question like to, to so ask. So I want to wanna talk about something you just said. Yeah. I feel like when you say you're comfortable in your vulnerability, that's because you don't see it as a weakness. That's the problem. People see vulnerability as a weakness. You see it as a strength. And that's why you can utilize it and see what it actually means to connect to another human being by being vulnerable together. However, a lot of people, I want to say, okay, so, you know, I don't want to be called a conspiracy theorist. However, you're a I will conspiracy say theorist. That, no, I'm kidding. Okay, so I'm going to say that society is the way that it is for a reason. It has a purpose, right? It's it's all what? For the gimmick of separation. Because if we're united, we're a problem. Now we stand against the the, the bullshit of, of everything else, right? Because if we're, we're all together, we know that we're not the problem. It's not the economy. It's not this. It's not that. It's them, right? It's us mm-hmm. versus them, right? So then, again, <sighs> women are weak and belong in the kitchen, Men are warriors, they're providers. Their job is to be strong and manly and not cry and not show weakness. That is the mindset of most society, right? I still argue with men that refuse to acknowledge me as a person and not my vagina, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. So if this is how modern society is, then how can a man possibly be comfortable talking with his feelings? When in reality, men are more sensitive than women are, and that's been proven. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about, I don't know, I don't know shit about that. That's interesting. Where is, is this uh, something that uh, I want to actually look into that? Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I know I'm sensitive as fuck, so, <laughs> and I don't give a fuck. Um, a lot of people have uh, judged me because of my sensitivities or whatever, you know, call me a bitch, you know, fag, all that shit when I was young. Okay, but, but why? Again, this is, again, this, this, is, this is my thing. My for everything is why. They call you a bitch because they don't have the balls to be like you. Right. They don't know how why, to. Why, why, is it, why is it not okay for a man who is also a person first, then be, because you're a person before you are gender, express how they feel, okay? Because again, another thing that a lot of people are not aware of is that there's another kind of intelligence. It's called emotional intelligence. A lot of people don't have emotional intelligence because they're not aware of their emotions. They don't want to deal with it. You know what I mean? But this is, this is a key thing. This is how people are able to be good communicators. They're, they're able to be aware of their own emotions. They can control their emotions. They can help other people manage their emotions. They have a clear understanding of the in, inner workings of our psychics because they understand that this is another way of thinking and another way of understanding each other. Right. So this is what happens. We cut off like a limb. This, this actual part of ourselves because people don't want to acknowledge it. Because again, intelligence, information, this is where we get power. You know what I mean? The more informed you are, the more you know, the more you're able to control yourself, the more aware you are, the less somebody else can control you and your mindset. Right. Right. But it's like, again, how many people in our society are completely brainwashed? Hmm. A lot of people are brainwashed. A lot of people right. aren't aware of it either. Well, you can't be aware and brainwashed. This is that kind of, you know, you can't what? each other out. You, said you what? can't be aware and brainwashed. Oh yeah, for sure. You, well, yeah. So, um, more on my book. So the book that I wrote, it's uh, again, it just touches base. So before, you know how you talked about, like you used to care a lot what people thought of you. Yep. So I've, I've had instances where like, okay, like for example, right now, there's a really big shortage of good men in Philadelphia, for my opinion. Like, I just feel like basic human decency and the things that we're looking for in somebody that could be a potential husband, for instance, from my perspective, it's not that. We live in a hookup culture. You know, basic human decency is not a requirement. Guys just want to fuck. They want to chill. They want to Netflix, but they don't want to invest in a woman. You know what I mean? So. It's just very, very discouraging. And then, you know, this is, again, a product of a culture that doesn't have emotional intelligence. This is another a culture of people that, you know, they want instant gratification. They don't want to work for anything. And it's just, it's, it's really hard. And then you have people that kind of try to manipulate the way women are perceived and feel and all kinds of things like that. I actually had an argument a couple of days ago with uh, a random person and I think it's really interesting and I did want to talk a little bit about this before I get into my book and I just wanted to get your thoughts on this okay so my friend posted this meme and it said all the good men are taken uh we we up in the clearance rack in this bitch so basically she was implying that all the good men were taken and you know basically women were, you know we were picking through the clearance rack for what is available mm -hmm. right so this guy comments on this post and he said, um, well, that's because women are too picky and they let all the good, good men go because of their physical attributes. 
Hmm. Right. So I had commented back and I said, well, if I'm not physically attracted to you, you're not really my match, huh? And I said, it's really interesting to me that the guys that believe there's actually this, uh, this thing as a friend zone is the same guy who has a nice guy complex who believes that just because you're nice, a woman should sleep with you. Right. The same way that they believe that that should be the only contributing factor of wanting somebody to be with you. The same way that they go for women that are extremely out of their league and extremely good looking, but they've never had a problem with being put in a friend zone with somebody who wasn't on their level of attractiveness. Right. Right. Yeah. So there's a lot of hypocrisy in that. Right. Yes. Um, are you asking me, are you, are you mentioning this because you want my opinion on what I think about that, whether or not. Yeah. Yeah. But this is just like, yeah, this is like the average mindset though. Like I've come across a lot of these guys that have like a nice guy complex. Yeah. I was one of them to be honest, but I also, no, no, no. Well, not all the way. I did have this thing where I'm like, ah, I used to have this, uh, woe is me attitude. Again, I was, I had issues. I had tons of issues, but that was one of my issues too, where I used to think, woe is me. I'm a good guy. Uh, I'm a fucking treat woman, right? What's going on? What am I doing wrong? Uh, I'm not ugly. I'm not fucking disgusting looking. What What's wrong with me? You know, but <laughs> I didn't realize that I had issues. I had a lot of, uh, you know, insecurities that women were just, they were unattracted to. They weren't, I wasn't for me personally, I look at all my exes and all it was, it was just me growing up and them looking at me as, ah, this is not the person I want to be with. And he's not at my level, whatever. All right. So we're back. We took a little lunch break or dinner break. Dinner break. Yes. <laughs> brain food. Uh, yeah. I needed my rice and beans and uh, you needed your awesome baked potato. That yeah, I want. Your, uh, was that a typical Spanish meal you had there? <laughs> yeah, it's typical Spanish food, but uh, it's, it's I love it. <laughs> I don't get tired of it. Um, uh, yeah, we were talking about anxiety. Ex- ex- I can't even say the word. Wow. Anxiety. Yeah, anxiety. Uh, and uh, I was bringing it up because, uh, you know, I'm seeing more people are dealing with it nowadays. I feel like it's a trend or a fad and people are playing the victim. Uh, instead of trying to find a solution to the problem, it's like we're we're looking for uh, validation of others. Like, hey, I have anxiety. You know what? What do you think? Like, you mm-hmm. think, hey, you know, we're trying to share this uh, anxiety thing, and like, oh, I have worse anxiety than you do, and you know what I mean? Like, we're in competition with each other. I see that a lot. There's a uh, whoever's going through it the worst and shit. I'm seeing that. This is crazy. But you were just talking about your your uh level of anxiety uh social is it social anxiety yeah yeah uh so i was saying what mine was i recently dealt with it going to sahara sands with my family all these kids all over the fucking place it just happened randomly i this is my first time experiencing this but out of nowhere my brain just started to i started to get tunnel vision and i started to panic a little bit and then i i sat in a, i stood in the corner and my wife knew what was going on and I said, just let me handle this. And then I started to meditate and that's how I was able to deal with it. So what you were, what were you saying about yours? I was just saying that like, it's, it's like different. Like, so that's like, that's the thing. There's different variations of anxiety for me. It's always been like a social type of thing. Like I'm like, it's surprising to people, but I actually am really awkward at times. 
And like, I don't say it as a trend. And unfortunately, a lot of people do. And it's like, why would you want to identify as somebody who's awkward? Because like, it's not cute. It's not like, I feel like a fucking asshole when I feel like this. And like, I feel like the whole stigma is people want to make everything into a trend and they just want to go based on, on what's popular. Like, nah, nigga, this is a real fucking disorder. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know if you want to edit that part out, but like that's just how I thought at the moment. <laughs> but- <laughs> no, 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 you're good. I don't care. Like you didn't, but- you, you didn't use it in the bad context. You just used it. You know what I mean? It's just a word to me, in my opinion. I mean, I agree with you, but I don't want to offend anybody. But fuck it. Hey, if you're like, offended, honestly- you shouldn't be listening to the show. Honestly, um, the show really, but yeah, but like, like the whole thing for me is that like. I'm a somewhat attractive woman to some extent, you know what I mean? However, it's it's really surprising because again, we have all these different stigmas that like only social like social awkwardness is a byproduct of a, of somebody who's a nerd who doesn't have a lot of social experiences, but that's that's bullshit. Anybody can suffer from anything, we just don't talk about it. And that's the reality is that we have to talk about it so we understand different perspectives and so we understand what other people are dealing with. Otherwise, we have only a small percentage of a perspective of what's really going on. So for me, you know, I like people paying attention to me, but I don't like being the center of attention, if that makes sense. Yo, you're, because yeah. like, for, like for instance, yeah. like for instance, like I said, when I go to the bar with any of my friends, like recently, Friday night, I went up dressed as a devil. I can talk to anybody about anything except until I'm in an actual social setting and then I get awkward as shit. Like, so I dressed up as the devil for Halloween. I thought it was punny because that's what I love. I love to fucking joke around. That's my sense of humor. So my Uber pulls up and I go, hey, did you know you were picking up the devil tonight? You know, game on point, whatever. The guy laughs. I could have gotten his number if I wanted to, but Mm -hmm. I didn't because awkwardness. I can talk to you about anything, but to actually hit on somebody, nah, can't do that shit. Anyway, so I call my girl up and I say, you got to meet me outside the bar because there's no fucking way I walk in it by myself because awkward, like fuck that shit. So she has to meet me outside. I tell her I have this really weird thing about doors. I can never go anywhere first. I don't know why, because I feel like the person who walks in first, all the tension goes on them. People automatically stare at you and that kind of shit just makes me want to die on the inside. I don't know why. That's just how I felt. Literally. And then as soon as like we're all talking to each other, as soon as I'm in a circle of people and two people are talking, another person's talking to somebody else and there's nobody to, like for me to have a conversation with, my anxiety starts going through the roof. Hmm. But in every other situation, I'm fine. So when you say your anxiety goes through the roof, like can you like explain what exactly is going on in your brain that it's going through the roof? You know what I mean? Can you ex- like, the, like similar symptoms, like I get tunnel vision, heavy oh. breathing, my sweaty palms, <laughs> you know I mean? my, my heart starts racing and I literally have to like do a breathing technique to get my ass to come the fuck down. Like what's the worst thing that's going to happen? I don't know. My mind thinks this shit's nuts. I got to fucking go with it. Now my fight or float mode mo- is activated. Oh, yeah. It's that level of fucking testosterone or whatever the fuck where it's like, it's like, oh my God, something bad's happening. React, react, react. Yeah. It's like you're getting chased by a wolf. Fight, yeah, exactly. Fight, like, fight mode. <laughs> um, yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. That's just I, I don't understand the anxiety. I know we all. I feel like we all have it. It's just we all deal deal with it differently, and we all have different levels of it, right? Some people. But like, have- I wonder. I wonder what triggers it. I mean, I'm sure it's different for everybody. But like, why? Like, I don't. I don't get it. Like, why would I fucking? act like that because that's not you know what i mean that's like subconscious that's not in my control so mm-hmm. like i don't get it 
Yeah, that's what I like to understand myself. You know, that's why I'm into psychology. I would like to read up on that. They do have. I did. I did see a, a course on that, but I didn't didn't get a chance to look over it. It's a free course online. I could show you it. Um, what do you call it? Yeah, definitely show me that. You know, uh, you know, Harvard offers free online classes too. Yeah, I think if I'm no, that's not the one. I think I'm like my because I'm go, there's an iPhone app <laughs> that I get on. Uh, and it's, I think it's like iTunes university, iTunes U and, uh, they have like free courses on there and I have, I'm on the introduction to psychology. Oh, it's Yale. Never mind. It's open Yale courses. Okay. Never mind. I thought it That's was the all. same thing as Harvard. Yeah. Um, I mean, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just curious about the studies of it. Like, what is it? What makes us go into that phase? Hey, but I again, I found my way of getting out of it. Um, I deal with it, so I don't know. Everyone has their own issues that you got to figure out for yourself. Try different things so that you can work with it. Some people take CBD oil. That's I heard that's a great thing to do if you suffer from extreme anxiety or whatever level you have. Um, I heard yeah. uh, your diet plays a role, your nutrition, whatever. Um, how active you are your genetics, all that shit. So many different factors. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, I know for me yeah, personally. I mean, everything. I, mean I, I think that, I'm sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say it's really interesting too because like a lot of the classes that I've been like taking in psychology, they kind of all pinpoint like, you know, before it was a belief that it's like nature versus nurture for a lot of aspects. But in reality, you know, psychologists are learning that it's a combination of both that ultimately affect everything. You know what I mean? It has as much to do with your genetic makeup as it does your environment and the way that you internalize situations. Yeah. I mean, they say that majority of, I mean, I would want to say that anxiety is probably a trigger from something you've experienced in childhood because ultimately everything comes back to childhood. There's right. actually a thesis um, I wrote and it's on Facebook. Remind me to um, t- send you a link to it. But it, it actually, I, I came up with this theory called um, the ABCs of life lessons. And it was basically a way for me to say that, like, from the moment you're born to, like, I guess, like, your final hours of life, there, there are life lessons that you're supposed to learn. And if you don't learn it, you get stuck on a stage, right? right. And if you get stuck on that stage, you can't progress. And if you can't progress, you can't evolve. And if you can't evolve, you're just doing repetition. And that's why certain lessons keep repeating themselves because you're, you're repetitive, Right. right? Yeah. So it all goes, it all goes back to like, what is the first thing? It's, it's, it's the bond between a child and a mother, right? That, that's yeah. everything. It's, it's the way you attach your relationship. That's your first relationship. That's going to exhibit itself in every other relationship. You know what I mean? There's so many different levels to where you need to go. Like, why do you think so many other people have mommy issues? They have daddy issues. They have attachment issues. They have, uh-huh. they have dependency issues. You know what I mean? These are all triggered from some place. They all came from some place. Right. And you got to identify that yourself and you got some work to do. And <laughs> the more shit you deal with in your childhood, um, you just have to learn how to face them. You know what I mean? Like, well, and the problem is, is that the majority of people won't even acknowledge that they have a problem. So how can you fix a problem or a stage if you're not even willing to admit to your own self that you're stuck? Well, like I said, it's not easy. I mean, it's, it's no easy task to uh, learn how to, uh, what is the word? Rewire your, you know, your uh, psyche, whatever the word is. To, you know what I mean? The shit that you deal with. 
So I was abused. I was verbally abused, physically abused. Um, you know, you name it. I've been through it, bullied, all that good shit. That really, yeah, it really fucked me up. And uh, I had to identify a lot of things. Okay, why am I doing this? Why? Because I had a, I have a bad temper. So why do I have a bad temper? You know what I mean? So I realized I do go back into my youth. And when I was 13, 12, whatever, it was just a self-defense. It was a, um, a defensive mechanism that I've created for myself so that I can learn how to snap on people whenever they scared me. If they, if they threatened me in any way, I would start to lose my fucking shit so that they can get away from me. Because I realized if I do that, they can get away from me and I'm good. But I developed this temper where I couldn't control it, where anything that pissed me off, like road rage, I would fucking lose my shit. Um, anytime an ex would say something to piss me off or to yell at me, I would fucking lose my shit. I wouldn't hit them, but I would curse them the fuck out. I would say things, hateful things, not even me. I don't even know what the fuck I'm saying. I'm blacking out at this point. And there's a lot of things that I was doing. I was like, holy fuck. Like, I need to like... So, here's the question you asked me earlier. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of that kind of behavior is, you know, a way that I would describe my ex. However, I know that he didn't think that there was anything wrong with what he was doing. You realize that what you're doing is wrong. So, what made you change? Oh, yeah. Well, for me, easy. I have empathy. I uh, care about the way I treat people. I care about myself. And... I just looked in again, like I said, you have to analyze what you're doing uh, and why you, why you react to other people. I learned there's another philosophy that I value is uh, I forget how, how it goes exactly, but um, I'm pretty sure you know what this is. Basically, it, fuck it's basically your reaction to, to others is like uh, the way you react to others is it defines you. You know what I mean? Like if I, constantly fucking react to people judging me or making me upset. That's my fault. You know what I mean? I, I'm not holding myself accountable to say, I don't need to react off of that person. You know what I mean? Like if my mom or anyone pisses me off, I could say, all right, let's, let's take it easy. Like this person clearly doesn't know me or understand the situation. It's not that big of a deal. Right. But if I don't do that, I'm just going to like freak the fuck out instead and become this different person than I attend to be. That makes sense? Of course. Okay. So then let me ask you this. When you were saying hateful things to your exes or, or you know, being a fucking dickhead to them, so, did no, you not have... Yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I said when you were being basically like, I guess, like, like this, like you were a dickhead to your exes, right? Mm. Did you not have empathy at that point? No, I still had empathy. It's just I didn't have self-control of my... my um my temperament or my emotions at that time, I, I, I would react instead of just look, you know what I mean? Controlling what I'm feeling and not allowing the person to make me react in that way. I forget the fucking exact quote, but I, I you know what I'm saying? When I, when I'm, of course, when, of course. I understand uh, what you're saying. I deal so with then, this shit now, by the way, today, as of today, even with my wife, um, shit, I can go back to Sunday. What's today? Tuesday, Sunday. Um, I can go to a little example. I don't, I don't go like my son, he's four. He, he opened the window, you know, kids, kids, kids are kids. He, uh, put down the window and he put it all the way down. And I, I said, Andrew, and I, and I said, no, let's, let's keep the window up halfway. 
So I was trying to lock the, <laughs> lock the window and he still continued to put the window down. And I said, Andrew, no, don't do that. So it's like, I had to tell him twice. So the third time, uh, he did it again. I fucking snapped. I said, ah! I yelled, I shouted. I said, what the fuck? Blah, 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 blah. And then afterwards I'm like, fuck, <laughs> like there it is. Like I'm able to right now, I'm able to snap on it, do something about it. But before I would snap, it would take me about maybe an hour to realize that, holy shit, everything I said, I did not mean that. Oh my God. I got to, now I got to apologize. And oh God, now I got to face the repercussions of my actions, whatever. And blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? I still deal with it, but. I mean, yeah. but I feel like what I'm going to say, because like I said, I feel like me and you have very, have had similar experiences. So it makes sense that you react the way that you do in certain situations. I mean, obviously we're two completely different people with completely different experiences, but I'm saying that I understand because like, I think that for me, because I feel like. I'm finally coming to terms with who I am, with what I've been through, trying to find ownership of my own shit and have that accountability that you speak of. You know what I mean? I, I still, I still fuck up. You know what I mean? Because we're only human and we're going to continue to fuck up. As long as you have that kind of desire to want to fix it. You know what I mean? Like for instance, like my mother has never said she's sorry ever a day in her life. Mm -hmm. Like even as an adult, my mom, my mom wasn't always the best mom. Like to put it frankly, and she's never she said she's never said she's sorry. Anytime I fuck up to my kid, I say sorry automatically. Mm. I feel bad because it's like you said that empathy. Do I still lose my shit on my kid all the fucking time? You know why? Because kids are fucking assholes, and I don't care any parent that says that they're not. You're fucking delusional, Barbara. Because mm. uh, let me tell you something: kids are fucking assholes, and if they know that they can get away with it, they will. My kid's an asshole. Mm. He's an amazing kid. He's brilliant. He's smart. He's sweet. My greatest achievement in life. But he's right. an asshole. <laughs> Let me give you an example of what happened. Yesterday, I get two phone calls while I'm at work. Right? This is the shit that I deal with, the joys of parenthood. My kid is 10 years old. He is in fifth grade. Love of my life. Would do anything for him. And I do. I go up and beyond for my kid. But some of the shit that I deal with as a parent, I was not prepared for at all. So, Okay. Yesterday, I get a phone call. And now I'm like, again, I look at the educational system in some aspects and I'm like, are you kidding me with this bullshit? You're really calling me for this shit? Because opposed to the kids that I deal with that are like fucking, <laughs> they're crazy as shit. Okay. So his teacher calls me because he took post-its off her desk. Mm -hmm. That's it. Took fucking post-it notes off her desk. That required a phone call mm -hmm. while I'm at work. Fucking post-its. <sighs> But I still got to punish this kid, right? I still have to let him know about the repercussions. The touching shit doesn't belong to him. Right. Whole fucking thing about goddamn post-its. Cool. So then I get a phone call from his office after school to let me know that he was playing roughly outside, playing football. Football cuts his head. Now he's got a giant gash and a fucking bump on his head that I now have to take care of after I get home from work. Uh, I go... So I go home, I put ointment on his head, ice pack, whatever, I'm doing everything. I put the Band-Aid on his cut, a little bit went on his hair because it's, you know, it's where the hair is. Mm -hmm. Tell my son, just keep it on for a couple minutes, it'll be all right. I'm on the phone for five minutes, now my kid's got a bald spot. Mm -hmm. You know why he's got a bald spot? Because he couldn't wait five minutes to take the fucking Band-Aid off. So he decides to take a pair of scissors to his fucking head. Oh my God. <laughs> 
So yeah, I lost my fucking shit. Yeah. <laughs> like we just got his haircut. Like yeah. it happens. Yeah, yeah, it happens to the best of us, man. We it, get, it gets to us, then we like ah fuck. And as long as we hold ourselves accountable to you know, maybe next time let's reduce that amount of uh, what we did before. Try to get better on that. That's what matters for me. I am way better than I was before. Oh my god. Oh my god, dude. I yeah. I had dumbass. I had the worst temper of like getting out my car, going up to people in their cars because they cut me off or something, or or racing. When someone cuts me off, I would race to get in front of them, cut them the fuck off because <laughs> I was just fucking stupid. Petty as fuck. Petty, huh? petty. Yeah, petty. Yeah, so so much petty shit that I did. I was just like, oh my god. But you're human, and it's okay. Human yeah. beings make mistakes. Yeah, as long as you're learning. I think. No, I think, like for me, sorry. I think the thing for me too is that, like, every time I lose my shit, like I explain to my son, like I'm not perfect, and neither no adult is. Just because we're adults, we don't have all the answers, and we make mistakes. You know what I mean? Just like he's gonna make mistakes. The same way he learns, I learn, and I try to let him know. You know what I mean? Like, all right, well this is important for you to understand this lesson because I'm teaching you to be a good person. I'm teaching you to be a good man. I'm teaching you how to be respectful and kind and do the right shit in life. And the way that you, you know, want to be held accountable the same way I, I remind myself all the time. Don't overreact. Don't overreact. Don't overreact. I tell myself every single day, you're his safe place. You're his safe place. You're the foundation of his every relationship in the future. Make sure you do it correctly. You know what I mean? That's stuff I try to remind myself because it's important. Yeah. Yeah, it's constant. It's it's not it's never ending without, you know, learning how to uh work with yourself so that you can constantly improve. And I mean you're not gonna be perfect. You're never gonna be perfect. There's no such thing as perfection. Thing. Yeah. Human beings. But you can at least reduce it to for the most part. The best you can, you know. Um so Well, I mean I think sorry, I keep no, no, it's it's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> Um, I think the the most important thing that like I try to remember is, is that like, just because he's my kid doesn't mean that like one, we don't own our children. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we are their guides and we're their supporters. They don't belong to us. No. So like their ideas and thoughts, they don't have to be ours. Right. And like the, the other thing that I try to remember is that like this child is looking for you for understanding and right. nourishment and for, for everything that you have to be able to provide yourself and another life. You know what I mean? So it's it's hard when it's especially hard when you're still in, in the midst of trying to heal yourself while also instilling an entire life with all the right tools to be able to be a functional, happy adult later right. on in life. Right. I just spoke about this or not spoke, but I made a one of those philosophical posts today because um, I was thinking heavily about it um, that we I, I don't know if I said that already, this already, but I said we are our own. Uh, scientific experiment right um and the way you just said that we don't own our children that's the way i look at our children is that they're they are their own scientific experiment as well they just so happen to be lab partners right so when you have a kid you're in your own lab you're experimenting with everything that helps you uh fulfill your life right now you have, now you have a kid here who's your lab partner, right? It's your assistant or whatever, whatever way you want to look at it. Now they're going to play with everything around this fucking lab that you're going to be like fucking losing your mind, 
trying to tell them, you know, no, 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 don't test that one. That one, that was going to fuck you up. That was going to make you blow up, whatever. This is going to make you die. This is going to give you poison. This is, this is my philosophy on life with that aspect of it, of raising kids is allowing them. That was a balance, but <laughs> allowing them to play with the things that you've learned yourself not to mess with, but you know, allowing them to see for themselves. Like, look, I'm just letting you know that this for me messed me up. But if you want to go ahead and check it out, so be it. See for yourself. As long as they're not getting hurt, of course. We're not, I'm, when I'm talking about the physical aspect of it, I'm talking about knives and stuff, like, obviously, or guns. No, I get it. That's a really cool analogy, actually. Yeah. It was just something I came up with earlier this morning that I was, like, really thinking heavily on because uh, I was just trying to think of a way to basically explain ourselves as human beings, what we are and why we exist. Um, again, we're just here as... Uh, again, like I said, we're scientific experiments and everything's out here for us. So why are we on our phones distracting ourselves from this beautiful lab that is in front of our faces that we can experiment and touch everything instead of just like right now? Using mm-hmm. a beautiful tool that we can use to actually learn about all these uh, materials. <laughs> Dimitri's asking if you're alive. I'm alive. <laughs> Oh, he's asking me if I'm live. I am live. Come here, Dimitri. And you're live. Yeah, here. So what do you think of this? Uh, yeah, I think Dimitri wants to answer some questions too because, you know, did I ever tell you that he's really philosophical? Yeah, yeah, I, I hear it all the time. I hear about you all the time, Dimitri. <laughs> hey. So my friend, my friend Will has a podcast where it's smart people to talk about smart things. You play Fortnite? I used to actually. I'm not good at it, but I used to play with it just so I can stay up to date with the game. So look, do you see this button that says recording? We're actually recording a podcast right now. So oh, so we're gonna hello viewers of the YouTube internet. Whatever. <laughs> so he's gonna ask you. He's gonna ask you a couple of questions, and I want to get your input on it from a kid's <laughs> perspective. So what do you think about like you being like an actual science experiment as like being a human being? Mm. Like stu- me being studied on, like you're studying your environment around you. Um, I would mostly study the uh, rainforest because if I study the rainforest, <laughs> um, so it's on fire all the time. No, that's not what I mean, honey. What I mean I, is that, like, okay, like I like where he's going with that though, because the rainforest gives us the oxygen that we need. So, and he's saying that there's a problem with that because the, yes, I, but yeah, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> So, like, basically what we're saying is, is that he said that us parents, like, the world is our, our lab, and then you're our little lab partners who, like, want to touch everything. We're like, no, 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 don't touch anything. It's going to kill you. And then you just want to touch everything because you want your own life experiences. Do you think that's true? Mm-hmm. Pretty much, yeah. Well, what is, what is your thoughts on that? Maybe, like, it is true. The government does want to touch stuff. No, we didn't say anything about the government. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. No, I'm asking you. What is like? Okay, what is your like? Okay, what is your life philosophy? Mm, Fortnite. His life is Fortnite. God. What about God? God is amazing, the creator of life. Is what I believe. Everyone. That's fine. You can have your belief. What do you believe, the mainstream? I believe that God is real, and um, that. Um, that everyone should be happy and that the poor people should be the same as the rich and everyone should be equal. 
Mm. So you're saying that everyone should be able to share the same lab that we have. Right? Pretty much. Like people in downtown, um, they they're so sad. And I want I, when I look at them, I don't want to, I don't want them to be sad. I want them to go home to their family and be happy. You're talking about the homeless people? Okay. It makes makes me feel depressed. So the way I would say this is if you feel that way, right? And when you get older and you have more responsibilities and you're able to handle yourself as an adult, you can learn to – you have your own lab, right? That's what I said. I I was telling your mom that we are our own scientific experiment, us ourselves. So you – Dimitri are your own lab experiment, right? So you believe in God, right? So God, let's say God put you here to say, Hey, look, child, I want you to learn. I want you to, here's the lab that I created for everyone. Here is your side of the lab. This is everything that's available to you. Your mom is next to you and she's going to show you the way and what not to touch because it is dangerous, right? But here's the things that you could play with, experiment with yourself. Right? I want you to explore, discover, and learn everything that life has to offer. This lab, this beautiful, wonderful lab, and that is planet Earth. Planet Earth is what I'm talking about as our lab, the life that we live. This, you know what I mean? The trees, the air, the, the mountains, the, uh, when you travel, you see different things, different cultures. You understand what I'm saying, Dimitri? Like different yeah. cultures, like China, like if you ever traveled to uh you know to russia or to different places see how everyone lives differently that is what i'm talking about when i say that is a lab (coughs) so what you're saying is you feel bad for homeless people or whatever that they, they they should have what rich people should have right so the way i would look at it is 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 you can share your lab you can share your lab experiences right you can experiment okay i like this little trinket here i like what it does to me it makes me feel awesome like for me, let me, let me give you an example. I love martial arts. That is my lab. That's my laboratory where I learn how to manipulate my body and choke people out. <laughs> they tap out, of course. They, I'm not killing anybody, but I get to choke them. And then they tap me and say, that's it. You know, because I'm experimenting. I'm learning how to get to that position to choke them out. That is my laboratory to understand how my body moves and manipulates so that I can get to that position to... Uh, win the submission. Okay. You understand what I'm saying? So when I'm, when I get good enough, I want to be able to teach. So I mean, I'm going to be able to show everybody this lab that jujitsu or Muay Thai, look, this, look what this thing has to offer. It makes me feel, it makes me feel like I'm amazing. It makes me have a good workout, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? So whatever you do in your life, what are you into? What do you want to be when you get older? Talk about baseball. I want to be a professional baseball player. Me too. I wanted to do that when I was your age. And if you want to be a professional baseball player, guess what you're going to have to do? Practice every day. You're going to have to practice in your lab every day that you can. Every time, every hour, every minute, every second that you have to live. For the most part, you don't have to do it every second, like, you know, not too much. But the more you put into your lab, your lab, the more you explore, the more you discover about baseball, the better you're going to get. And the more successful you're going to be, okay? That's what I've learned about life in general. They have this basic concept that you put 10,000 hours, basically, into your lab. You become really good at it, and you become a master. And then you can can take it wherever you want to go, all right? 
So that's just something you can take from in your life whenever you, you know, whenever you play baseball. Let's say you're in the field. What position do you play? Mm, shortstop. So shortstop, that's, that's the best position to be. I'm, I'm, I wasn't a shortstop because I wasn't good enough. I was an outfielder. But that's the best position to be. That's the leader, pretty much. The shortstop is leader, I think, uh, because you have to do a lot of work. All right? You have to run a lot. Do you feel like you have to do that? Yeah. I do run a lot. Yeah, that's a lot of running. Because uh, you have basically the main part of the field that you have to control the other people from hitting the balls to you or whatever. Uh, yeah, just all I'm saying is that, that you're your own scientific experiment. And the more you play around with baseball to understand what it is and how you feel about it, the better you'll get. And uh, you'll be better than, uh, you know, as long as you're competing with yourself in your own lab, you're focused on yourself, you're going to be good. All right. Don't do what I did. I didn't, I didn't understand what this lab thing was. I didn't have this mindset. But what I used to do when I was younger was saying, I want to be a professional. I'm a B player. And then I didn't know what I was doing. And I didn't know that I had to practice all the time. Uh, I would play video games. I would do things that didn't involve baseball. And I wasn't focused. So uh, it's up to you what you want to do, of course. It's your decision. But that's ultimately what your lab is, okay? Why don't you tell them that you want to answer some questions? I would like to answer some questions. Okay, so you said, um, I, I think, I don't know if we asked you, I said, what is, your mom was trying to ask you, what is your philosophy on life? As in, what is the meaning of life in your opinion? God, friendship, love, and happiness. And do, do you think that everyone has that? Or do you think that a lot of people are missing that? I think a lot of people are missing out. And how do you think we can fix that? Maybe by donating to charities and being more respectful to more people. Okay. So you think that, uh, you know, donating money and helping people is the best thing to do to, you know, help allow them to find God and everything you just said, your philosophy on life. That's cool. That's something good to have. Um, do you like this life that you live in? Mm, it's okay, but there's too many chemicals in the air. Too many chem- chemicals in the air, huh? You know why? You know why there's too many chemicals in the air? Because of the government. <laughs> uh, it's because everyone is on their own lab experiment. We just talked about that, right? Everyone is doing And because of thing. carbon dioxide. Yeah. There's people that want to make money. Everyone is trying to make money, right? Everyone wants to be, uh, they want to be rich. They're trying to, you know, there's a lot of different factors that's going on. That's why, you know, the, the, something's wrong in the air, right? So You don't it, need money if there's no world in, to live with the money. Yeah, exactly. That's true. And we can't really do much about it, but try our best to uh, do whatever it is that you want to do to be a part of this world. And I think you should really focus on what you value the most out of life. What do you value the most out of life? Like. What do you appreciate the most? God. Do you appreciate my mom? mom? You appreciate your mom the most. Good. So when I, when you appreciate the mom, your mom the most, that means that you always want to focus on making sure that your mom is okay. Right. So when you get older, you want to make sure she's taken care of. You want to be there for her whenever she needs you, all that stuff. Right. Cool. And that's all that matters. Now, I want you to know that um, I feel the same way where I want to help people, but the sad truth is that we're not going to be able to help everybody, right? You know that? 
But the most important thing is that you're able to help your mom. And you know that you do help your mom, right? Mm-hmm. Your mom tells me that you help her pretty much. You you help her a lot. And you may not know that, but you help her way more than you think you do probably. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, you should have a, have a conversation with her about that. But I, from what I understand, she was telling me that you help her. Uh, I'll, let her bring, I'll let her back on camera. Oh, thanks. He's helping me already. <laughs> yeah. You pretty much help her get through life. Like the way she, she does everything her own as an adult, but you help her so much with your love. You just kissed her. You show love for her. You just always keep that in mind. All right. When you get older, you, you always want to be there for your mother as much as she's going to be there for you. Cause you guys, I see that you guys love each other and that's awesome. And pretty much you guys are lab partners and that's good. So keep that. All right. Keep that up. We have a handshake. Can we share the handshake? Oh, you want to show Will our handshake? <laughs> okay. All right. You watching? Yep. Swoop, swoop. Ah, nice. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> I did a handshake like that in uh, high school. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, so this is like my little philosophy buddy. I've been teaching him philosophy uh-huh. since he was like, well, actually, he actually taught me philosophy. I remember, like, do you remember you were four years old and you made a room, like, the entire living room was filled with toys and I wanted to, like... Oh, yeah! I my, wanted mom, to, my mom wanted to be mad at me. So what happened? And I said, well... I said, well, a mess is part of life. You just got to adapt. <laughs> That's true. You got to adapt. Yeah, yeah so like my my whole living room was like <laughs> trash, and he was like, "Chaos is a part of life, mother. You need to adapt." Yeah, I was like, "What? I can't even that argue cool? that." What made you think of that? <laughs> <laughs> what, I don't made, know. I was four. I have a crazy mindset. That's crazy. You have a you have a, a smart brain there for you to think of something like that because I I wouldn't even think of that. <laughs> I, I, when I was four, I was playing video games, so I don't remember anything pretty much. Just playing Kirby. I don't really play video games. We have this thing where, like, every morning when I walk into school, we, like, talk about life. And, like, at this other job I used to have, I used to, like, get up really early in the morning. So, like, that would be, like, what we would do to, like, make the time pass. We would just have crazy conversations. And he would, like, say things to me that I would kind of just, like, look at him in disbelief. Because, like, when he was three, he would say to me, like, I remember talking to God about you. Like, things like that. And I would be like, you're making that up. But it's like, how can you make that up? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and then he would say things to me, like, I chose you. Like, I chose you to be my mom. Like, things like that, where I would be like, what the fuck? Is <laughs> that uh, That's funny. Yeah, but, like, I just, I always, like, felt like he was exceptional. And I think that's one of the reasons why he has anxiety about certain things. Because I feel like when you're exceptional and you live in a society that isn't, it makes it really hard. Yeah. Especially yeah. one that, like, doesn't, celebrate like that's the that's the fucked up shit is that like we live in a society that uh celebrates dumb shit not greatness right yeah me in the camera <laughs> he likes to be the center of attention huh that's funny yeah man. But you get what i mean yeah i totally understand um you know, like like we talked about this earlier, that but everyone's different. You know, everyone is going through their own 
their own mind, you know what I mean? Their own little mindset. And, you know, we're different people because we are, I don't know what, what's special about us, but I know the one thing is that philosophy is a big part of it. Awareness, um, our value for ourselves, Awakeness. empathy. What's up? I said we awoke. We woke, son. Yeah, we woke. <laughs> yeah, we all the way woke, boy. <laughs> I feel like more people awoke than us. The people that are sleeping are woke. Uh, yeah, big, a big part of it, though, I think is really awareness. Um, yeah. Speaking of woke, I'm tired. Is it time for bed? I don't know. You want to sleep in here? Yeah. Can you put on your pajamas? There's no light here. No, you got to get in your jammies. <laughs> We're not some philosophical stuff. You can listen to philosophical stuff a lot better when you're wearing pajamas. Ugh! <laughs> I got one more question for him if you can answer it. Um, then he's got to answer yes! one more. What is your advice to other kids your age? Like, what, what, what? Get grades, take care of your mom, and make sure to clean, make sure to tell your mom that your room, that chaos is part of life. <laughs> That's great advice. I wish I had that advice when I was a kid. I would have told my mom that all the time. Uh, but yeah. That, do, you that have any, do you have any advice for parents? Oh, parents? Don't whip your kids. Don't whip your kids. That's funny. <laughs> that was the they next thing. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. And they go, mash, mash, mash. <laughs> okay, anything else? Anything else the parents should know about their children? Um, From a childlike perspective? Listen, listen to your kids, guys. That's it's important. It's not nice to ignore them. Yeah, I agree. Get ignored? Mm-hmm. I get ignored at school sometimes, but Why? by the teachers. Why? Because you're little? Mm-hmm. And people think little people shouldn't ma- like matter. Little lives matter. Is that is that? Can we start that movement? Little lives matter. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta be careful. We don't offend people. Oh yeah, that's true. Uh, I'm joking. I don't care. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's again. I I've learned. You know, me get it. I get offended by stuff, but it's like it's like whatever. I can, I control what I'm offended by too. That's like if I'm offended by something, I deal with it myself. Um, but what am I offended by? And why am I offended by it? That's right, the question so I always ask okay. myself. I'll be back. All right. So, like, that's another interesting topic that we can get into. Because, like, go. So, recently, I've seen an outrage of women on my uh, Facebook page. Everybody's getting mad as shit because, like, the, the always uh, pads, they uh, took off, like, the female symbol off their packaging to attract to, like, more of the spectrum i guess of different genders and like they posted a thing saying that like females aren't the only ones that bleed females aren't the only one who get pregnant females aren't the only one who um you know are able to have their period Mm -hmm. and like everybody was in an uproar and they were like how are you going to take away the shit that makes us special and and all this other stuff and my only concept for that was like yo if your dick is bleeding you probably have cancer like (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah I, but like yeah go ahead I don't, well they like apparently like i don't even know if this is real or not but they like they showed a packaging that was supposed to like attract men where it was like monster trucks and ww wrestlers and like the packaging is all like masculine and shit so there's this like whole fucking movement about like how like we need to be more accepting of other genders for fucking maxi pads like what? Because <laughs> the world we live in, it's getting weird and weirder because people, again, this is, 
we're losing touch <laughs> with uh, science. We're losing touch with biology. We're losing touch with ourselves, who we are what as people. It? What is that word? Pesto-science? Is that what it is? I don't know. Like, it's not... So there's, like, it's not real science. It's, like, a oh, made-up... Oh, suedo. Suedo-science. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, it's, a, it's with a P-S-U-E-D. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just wasn't sure if it was, like, pesto, whatever the fuck. It sounded like pesto, like uh, like a pasta, whatever. Yeah. No, it's suedo science. Suedo, suedo, I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like there's actually no actual evidence, but like people no. somehow like believe it over like, yeah. you know, whatever yeah. the fuck. It, this is a society that is doing their own thing. Um, again, I, this is why social media, while it's an awesome tool, it's starting to show why it's a problem. because. Uh, People are playing that victim mentality, and this is why we have those pads that you mentioned with monster trucks and all that on it, because people want to feel like they're victims. They want to feel like different and part of something, you know what I mean? Something of their own, and they, they, want, to, they want their voices heard. When in reality, dude, come on, reality, what's going on? You know what I mean? Who's really going, you know, dealing with that down there? You know what I mean? Who's, what gender is really dealing with that shit? You know what I mean? Excuse me. And my whole thing is that, like, but like I said, <laughs> I wasn't offended by this shit. Like, I could care fucking less. It's a fucking tampon. If I was really going to get offended by anything, I would be offended at the factor being that, did you know that women actually pay something called a pink tax? That's a thing. Yeah. I, you know yeah, what that is? I, yeah, I heard of that. I, I didn't look into it, but I heard that there is a pain. Like, I heard that was a complaint about it. Wait, what's yeah. a tax? Yeah there's, yeah, there's a tax on that that you're mentioning, and that there's there's no tax on the men's stuff. Um, no, 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 no. It's like it's like for every. So okay, think about it. This men have a product where it's like shampoo, conditioner, body wash, yeah, detergent, whatever the fuck. Women have to buy a a, a ten ten dollar ounce of fucking shampoo, ten dollar ounce of fucking uh, conditioner for fucking body wash and moisturizer and blah, blah, blah. Like think about how many different products are created for women to look younger, more pretty, whatever the fuck versus men. Because it's like, nobody gives a fuck what a man looks like. We just care that they're masculine as opposed to like women have to persuade. Uh, well, basically the way it is, is that they want to destroy your self-esteem and sell it back to you. That's really mm -hmm. what it is. It's yeah. all a marketing tool for profit because yeah. you know, people profit off low self-esteem. Yep. But there's actually this really awesome clip. Remind me to um, link it to you from Ellen DeGeneres. And she makes fun of like how far back we, we still came with, you know, the social construction of men versus women. Right. It's, it's really humorous. <laughs> I have to check it out. Yeah. Um, real fast. Uh, Cause we were, um, I have to do a couple of things. Because I was supposed, to, I'm, I'm holding myself accountable here. Um, I wanted to ask you uh, a few more things about like your book. Okay. Uh, so we can get back into that real fast, and then so we can wrap this up. Uh, what What else did you? Uh, I forgot to. I forget what it was that you mentioned before with your book where we left off. But who is this book for, basically? So basically this book that I wrote aside from it being dedicated to my son so he knows my story, it is dedicated to every single person in life who felt like they were defeated and they felt like they couldn't go on because something shitty happened to them. And this is just a way for me to kind of like call out all the people that like have went through shit in their life and they're still here to fight the good fight. So like, it's like 
one of the things that I've always wanted to do in life is be a motivational speaker. And I wanted to take my own personal experiences and use them as a beacon of light and hope for other people who have had similar experiences. And just for them to like, feel like, okay, like if somebody walks into my life and they don't treat me like I deserve to be treated, then they can fuck off. And like, I just want people to come together and be like, you're not my tribe. But a person like you who's like-minded and shares my ideals and understands that like, this is just a journey and I'm going to go through this. Those are the people you seek. You yes. know what I mean? So it's, it's ultimately like a guide, if you will. Right. To kind of just be like, come find me. <laughs> come find me, bro. Stay warm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Because like, there needs to be more support for people to kind of just be like, you don't need to hide. You don't need to like, act like this shit didn't happen to you. Like, it's okay that it happened. And, and you can use that to like, help somebody else. Right. That's cool. Um, so this book is mainly aimed for females in my uh, female audiences. No, those, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Those that have uh, that dealt with, uh, like you, you said, is an emotional compass book, right? Uh, yeah, but guys have emotions. Yeah, yeah, we all have emotions. Um, a lot of us aren't able to identify with them as much. I think mainly men too, because a lot of a lot of men are taught to hold their emotions back and hide them you know face it because you're a man man up dimitri you ever heard of that you ever heard to man up has anyone told you to man up before yeah oh really (laughs) why what did you do that they said to man up i was crying because someone pushed me ah okay onto the ground um what did you feel in that moment sad and angry you know you're allowed to be angry and sad because someone, someone disrespected you and pushed you. That doesn't mean you're, you're first of all, you're a boy, right? You're not, when you, when you get older, you're, you become a man, right? Whatever. But you're a boy. You're, you're a boy. It's okay. It's okay to be a boy, right? And it's okay to cry. And then when you get older, when you're 20, when you're 18, uh, 30, I'm 30 years old, I cry still. Okay. Just let you know that. All right. So when you're older, just don't think that you have to hide your emotions because you got to man up. But there is, there is a balance of understanding how to um, uh, contain your emotions. So if you cry, all right, why am I crying? All right, you identify why I'm crying. I identify why I'm crying, and then I put it to the side. I'm good now, right? As long as you face it, as long as you understand it, you should be good. Do not listen to anybody's advice when they say, uh, this is my philosophy. You don't have to take it, but. Don't listen to people when they say man up, hide from your emotions, don't cry, men don't cry. Yeah, men cry. They just don't want to admit to you because they look at it as it's weak and it's not weak. I think men who cry, face it, understand it, value it, embrace it, are stronger than those men who hide their emotions and act like nothing's wrong. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. I 100% agree with you, Dimitri. You're crushing me. You are literally crushing me. I am not a human pillow. Dimitri, right. you are manning up right now, crushing your mom. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. Strong. I agree with you. And uh, yeah, so those interested, my book is called My Emotional Compass. It's available on Amazon. That is where my book has been sold. It's on Amazon. Do you have uh, social media that they, you know, you want people to reach you out at? Or you, yeah, you know? if you want to look me up, it's Svetka Strunskaya on Facebook and Russian Lovely on Instagram. So feel free. I love new followers. I love bonding with people, meeting new people, or just finding people that are more like-minded. I love sharing perspectives. 
and just understanding, you know, all human life. So feel free to reach out to me. Cool. Is there anything else you want to say? You want to talk about? You want to uh, share before we wrap um, up? Well, so like the book, it's not predominantly aimed at women. I just think in general, you know, we have to fix society. Like it's not going to be like people talk about like, you know, there's not much we can do, but like we can start, like we may not be able to change the entire world, but we can change our world and we can influence other worlds. Just like you said, there are laboratories. We have the power to, to create a beautiful masterpiece of a laboratory by not allowing somebody else to manipulate the ingredients. You know what I mean? By, by being held accountable, like you said, these are my ingredients. These are, these are what I'm using to make my lab extraordinary. And other people can do the same thing by having the balls to be the scientists that they're meant to be instead of hiding away and being like, no, I don't want to experiment. Well, guess what? That's what you're here for. Right. You have to play with ingredients to figure out what you're made of. And if you don't, like, they're just going to sit in the back row and you're never going to know. Yeah. And who lot. knows? Those ingredients, those ingredients that I have in my lab could potentially mix with yours and we can create something phenomenal, but you would never know if you don't try. Yeah. Just imagine, this is why I came up with the, the metaphor, lab metaphor, because this is what I see people on their lab, you know, this, they got the beautiful lab in front of them and this is all I see, you know, this beautiful screen of death, just like trapped in their minds. You can see me, right? I don't know if you can see me, but I, obviously I'm, I know I for, the, for the listeners, I'm, being silly, holding a phone in front of my eyes. Um, people are blinded by it. And it's not just the phone. The phone is a metaphor in itself because the phone I'm using as a metaphor for distractions in general, um, everything that is, is keeping you away from learning how to explore and discover things about yourself with this beautiful lab that's in front of you. Um, well, I think it's also like, again, like we talked about it, like it can be a great tool if, if utilized the right way, but it's also the factor being that a lot of times it is a distraction and it prevents you from being able to live in the moment, which is the most important aspect at all. Like my grandmother, this is another thing we can talk about another potential uh, podcast, but like my grandmother has dementia and like, that's something that we battle with in my family right now with her dementia and different methods of trying to get her to remember. And the one thing is, is that like, when she talks about like her life, she remembers all the wonderful moments and everything that she's gone through. I don't want to be her age if God forbid that ever happens to me. And I go, I spent 360 days out of the year staring at my phone. And that was my life. Right. I want to be able to be able to say like, when I went to the Bahamas over the summer, I went by myself. That was an extraordinating point for me to come out of my comfort zone and do something on my own to face my fears. And some of the best memories that I had on that trip were when I didn't have Wi-Fi. Right. Like, I wasn't able to connect with anybody else with uh, with the Wi-Fi connection, but I was able to connect with another human being. Mm -hmm. And I feel like sometimes that's that's more valuable than just being able to connect to a digital platform of multiple people without actually connecting to anybody. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like we have the technology, we lost the vision. And sometimes we have to connect away from all technology to be able to regain that clarity that we need to remember why we're here and what makes us human. Right. You know what I mean? You can't identify your community if you're stuck to technology. Of course. You get lost in it and then you lose yourself and then you forget who you are, <laughs> so to speak. Uh, you forget how to live as a human being too. And you forget your, how to feel, how to bond with other people. And I think that's important. Um, that's why I told you I like jujitsu because uh, I get to, it's my only way to socialize with people. I don't like to socialize. I'm awkward. But when I go to train Muay Thai or jujitsu, I get to punch people in the face, get punched back, of course, uh, in a safe way. 
or however, whatever the way that came out. Anyway, well, you know. also also you connect people when you do things like this. You're not awkward to me right now. Oh no, I'm not. Speaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I like this. This is my environment. This is my yeah. state, my faith space where I, I get to just do what I love. I like to. Yeah, it's fun because um, I'm focused on the, the the niche or the topics that I like to talk about, which is just mm-hmm. you know the shit that we just talked about. Uh, but yeah, um, uh, what do you call it? So again, what you what is your book called again? So we can my emotional compass. My emotional compass is on Amazon. Check it out. Um, your name on that book is if you could spell it out. S V E T L A N A S T R U N S K A Y A. And how do you pronounce that? Svetlana Strunskaya. Yeah, that's a really beautiful name. Thank you. <laughs> I, I just couldn't pronounce it. That's but okay. uh, yeah. Do you have Sam on it as well or no? Um, I feel like my biography on the back might mention that I like being called Sam. Oh, okay. But not when you search for me. But it was, you know, it was just something that was also like on my bucket list and a way for me to put my story out there. Cool. Because I think it's important for us to like understand like what is like the purpose of life, if not to find your truth, to own your truth, to to seek a deeper truth. You know what I mean? That eventually all comes full circle. Right. Kind of just like this is why I'm here. This is what I'm doing. This is what I ever came and I came back here to like because like think about it. Like even when you read a book, like not even referencing to my actual book, but like just in general. And then you don't like, you love the book, you relate to the characters and then you go to yourself like, this is great, but like, I didn't really understand all of it, but like, it was a great read. And then you come back like five years later when you gain new perspective, new life experiences, and then you read the book over again. And it's completely like new. Like you're, you like, oh, I never understood it this way. Cause I, I, I didn't have the information I have now to understand this. Right. Do you know what I mean? No, I hear you. Yeah. I don't, I don't think, I don't think that's different from people. Yeah. Yeah, that's good shit though that you wrote a book. I'm like, not that I'm jealous, but is that good kind of envy, whatever it is? Because I want to write a book myself about my life or whatever. And uh, that's good. I all. mean, honestly, it didn't, it only took me like three months. Damn. Okay. It's probably going to take me. So it's not like, it's not like, I would say that like, if that's something that you want to do, like the process itself is super easy. It's like I signed up with Amazon Publishing, literally took the time and I wrote out my, my manuscript. And as soon as I, like, I uploaded it, like, I gave them a little bit of time to review it. They went through the grammar. They went through, like, whatever they might think wouldn't sell on the shelf, copyright, whatever, whatever. And then once they approved it, it went live within, like, 24 hours. And it was available for, like, yeah. So it's, like, the process itself is not – now that everything is digital, that's the great thing about technology. You can become a published writer that easily, assuming you have something the same. Yeah. We could talk about that, how you, the process of you making your book too, so you can, so we can like, so I can figure that shit out myself. <laughs> Cause uh, I, didn't, I don't know anything about the process of making a book, um, including the hours you put into it. You said three months. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to do it eventually, just like you're going to do your thing. Um, you're going to be a public speaker. Uh, Maybe. You, know, you got to hold yourself accountable. You say you want to do it. If you want to. There's a lot it. of things that, but, but, but. There's a lot of things I want to do. Yeah. I just got to figure out the level of importance they, they hold. I might change my mind. It may not be something I want to do. True. You know what I mean? We have to prioritize the things that are non-negotiable. Right. 
that you have to absolutely do. I get it. Yeah, because I feel like I'm already a motivational speaker. I do it to every person that I meet. Right. If they choose to take it, that's on them. Right. So whether I do it on a platform here or at college or in a book, you're already doing it. It's all just a matter of perspective, you know? Aye, aye. That's my favorite word, perspective. Same. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Sam. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge, your philosophy. Uh, thank you, Dimitri, for sharing uh, your Fortnite yeah, experience. You're here. You're here. Hello. I <laughs> thank just you. got to fall asleep. Thank you and for sharing words. your knowledge. <laughs> and I uh, hope awesome things for you guys. Um, looking yeah, forward you to look it. Wow. Dimitri. I, I have a joke for, for the viewers. Oh, let's do it. Let's go. I like, I like uh, jokes. You Pepper. Say it again. What do you call a nosy pepper? Um, I don't know. What? Jalapeno business. Oh my God. <laughs> That's a 10-year-old humor. The perfect dad joke. And All right. You're ready, man. You're ready to be a man. There you go. Dimitri, dad he down. Uh, one of my oldest friends, and he's got a wife and I believe two. Is it two kids? I got three kids. Yeah, it's fun. Three kids. Jeez, yeah. three kids. Yeah. Do they all play Fortnite? Nobody plays Fortnite. They're little. No, um, my nine-year-old uh, daughter, she doesn't play many games. Jesus. Has it really been that many years since I've seen you? Nine no, they're not. They're my, um, my, the, the nine-year-old and the four-year-old. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have, I have my biological daughter who's sleeping next to me right now. She's, uh, she's two. Aww. But my, the nine-year-old and the four-year-old, you know, they're just, they're, uh, my, uh, stepkids. But, you know, I just can't. Oh, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Yeah. Uh. But yeah, they well, play if games. you ever play games. If you ever want to do a play date with your wife and the kiddos, I'm sure he he would love to hang out with your nine year old daughter. How old is he? Ten. Ten? Oh, that's cool. Yeah, hmm. yeah. And um, uh, it's funny because Andrew, my son, he loves baseball. So this would be awesome for him to play with somebody finally that. Knows- and if we ever, if we ever went to Sahara, Sam's, maybe you won't have another panic attack because I'll be the same there without the Sahara. <laughs> <laughs> I went there again. It wasn't a problem. It was the first time. I don't know what happened. It just happened. I don't know. Uh, but yeah. Anyway. All right. You guys are tired. I, mm-hmm. I'm i going to do what I got to do before my wife kills me because I didn't get shit done. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all right. Uh, let me know the next time you want to do this. All right. Cool. I'll hit you up. All right. Bye. All right. Goodbye, guys. Bye.